الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم كثيرا كثيرا تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد My dear brothers and sisters, we have been talking about the issue of Al-Ghaib and what is the what is the meaning of Al-Ghaib and how what we do in this life affects what is in the Ghaib. The important thing to understand about Al-Ghaib, first of all, is very important, which is that usually the translation that is done, which we read in English and Urdu and so on, Uh, of Al-Ghaib is that of either it is translated as unseen or hidden but Al-Ghaib is not unseen and it is not hidden what is behind this wall is unseen what is behind this wall is hidden we don't know is there a is there something behind this wall is somebody there or some object there we don't know but that is not Ghaib if you go around the wall you can see it Al-Ghaib is that which is unperceivable in this life. Not only unseen, unheard, unsmelt, un- whatever by our senses, but which can never be seen, which can never be heard, which can never be felt in this life. That is Al-Ghaib. It's not just something which is unseen today, right? To give you some more examples. Uh, take the in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the kalam was revealed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned there are ayat relating to embryonics the development of the embryo uh, now at the time these ayat were revealed that was ghaib because microscopes had not been invented so nobody had actually seen the stage by stage development uh, from the time an egg is fertilized to the time it turns into a or it is developed into a uh, baby ready to be born all the stages of embryonic development were not known and people knew obviously they saw uh, human beings being born they saw animals being born and so on and so forth so they knew that there was some process of development uh, but the fact that it is Uh, from the alaka to the nutfa to the mudga and so on and so on all of the different stages that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned obviously this was in the ghaib it was not known because to be able to see those things you need a microscope and microscopes were still several centuries ahead uh, at the time these ayat were revealed but that is not al-ghaib because few centuries later microscopes got revealed so that was all visible now So today when we look at those ayat, we don't consider those ayat to be from the ghaib. Although the sahaba may have considered that. So similarly today, uh, if we look at uh, or, if, or if we consider uh, different things in our lives uh, and we say, well, I, I, this must be the ghaib because we don't know. That is not true. Maybe as technology, technology develops, uh, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, reveals uh, secrets of his creation, uh, which we... use the term science to describe that uh, this will become visible al-ghaib is al-ghaib is something which can never be perceivable by human beings no matter what technology they develop until the end of time that is al-ghaib so therefore 
the alam al-barzakh is al-ghayb. What will happen in the khabar is al-ghayb. This is not something that is possible for anyone at any point in time to know by any means whatsoever, no matter what technology gets developed, no matter what happens, because that is a completely different world altogether. Second, similarly, the Jannah is al-ghayb. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one day to show it to us by putting us in it, inshallah. But today, as we are here, the Jannah is al-ghayb. We do not know what is in the Jannah, except for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us and Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam. Uh, informed us. Other than this, we do not know what there is. Similarly, uh, Jahannam is Al-Ghaib. The Day of Judgment is Al-Ghaib. All of these things which are completely not perceivable by us in this life, irrespective of uh, and not perceivable today and not perceivable in at any time in the future, that is Al-Ghaib. And this is important to keep in mind because when we are talking about uh, the issues of uh, this dunya and akhira, we are looking at al-ghaib in that sense. And we are saying what will happen then. Now, therefore, how will we, why is that important? Because it's important because even though it is not perceivable, even though we do not know what it is, we do know that one day we will go there. That is a matter which is not a matter of doubt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this very clearly and he said that those who doubt that, Tell them that we have set malakul mouth on them who will take their room, who will extract their life and they will be returned to their Rabb Jalla Jalalu. So the question is that we will go there, this Al-Ghaib is part of our future and it is the only part of our future which is absolutely without any doubt. Other parts of our future in this dunya are always in doubt. There's no, there's no surety of anything in this world. But as far as the afterlife is concerned, the fact that we will go there, this is not a matter of doubt. We will go there, whether we believe it, whether we don't believe it, whether we deny it, we accept it, makes no difference. We will go there. That is absolutely uh, without a doubt. So that's why it is important to consider that. It's important to think about that because we are going to go there, number one. Number two, why is it important? Because whatever we do in this life will affect that al-ghaib. That's another reason why it's important. So the first reason it's important is because we are going to go there. Because if it wasn't the fact that we are going to go there, you might say, supposing I ask you, for example, what do you know about Iceland? You might know something about Iceland, you might not. So if I tell you, no, no, what kind of thing is this? Why don't you know about Iceland? So at some point in time, if I push you too much, you might get irritated. You might say, why the hell must I know about Iceland? What so? I, I'm, I don't care. Let Iceland sink into the sea. Makes no difference to me. Because I'm not going to go there. It has no relevance to my life whatsoever. So why must I know about Iceland? But it's okay. As a matter of some general knowledge, do you know about Iceland? But I, Iceland has, no, has nothing to do with me. Why must I know Iceland? This is not like that. This, you must know about the ghaib because you are going to go there. I must know about it because I am going to go there. It's not a question of saying, you know, let it go. It won't go anywhere. It is there. That is my destination. That's your destination. So, very important. Second thing also is that what I am doing today in this life, every single action of mine, every single word of mine has an impact on that al-ghaib. It has an impact on that. It has a negative impact on it or it has a positive impact on it. I mean, there's no... These are the two things. It has one kind of impact or the other. So whatever I do, therefore, I need to make sure that it has a positive impact on it. There's a famous story about one of the uh, 
Khulafa Banu Maya, I think I mentioned this before as well, uh, who came to, he came for Umrah. And uh, when he came for Umrah, he, after Umrah, he asked the people, he said, is there anyone among the Tabayin who is alive and who is in Makkah? People who have, who uh, knew the Sahaba, who had met the Sahaba. Well, this was after the time, the Sahaba were all gone. So they said, yes, there is a Buzruk, there is a person uh, who is there. So he said, I want to meet him. Uh, so this Khalifa went to meet this uh, person, uh, this Tabayi. Rahmatullahi uh, and uh, he asked him a question. He said to him, "Why am I afraid of death?" He said, "Why do I not, you know, want to die? And I'm wanting to die not as in committing suicide because that's haram. Wanting to die as in I want to meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala." So he said, "Why? Why? That is not my state. Why? Why am I not like that? Uh, why is it? Because this is what we hear about the Sahaba. This one I have image by. So he said, "Why am I not like that? Why am I afraid of death?" So this Tabi said to him, "You have spent all your life in beautifying your life in this dunya. All your resources, everything, time, energy, your figure, your thinking." has gone into beautifying the life of this dunya. So you have beautiful palaces, you have got a fantastic lifestyle and so on and so on. And he said, you have done nothing for the Akhira. So in the Akhira, as you are now, there is only desolation. There is only ruin. So he said, if you were in a situation where uh, you are living in a palace, but you are looking forward in the future, you don't even have a heart. There's only a, a, a ruin, a khandar which is there, which is, you know, desolation, which is tawahi, barbadi, sirfu, He said, then how will you look forward to that? Obviously, you are afraid of that. You don't look forward to that. You've done nothing for it. On the other hand, the opposite of it, this is what was the situation of the Sahaba, their life in this world was not a ruin. Their life in this world was not desolation. But their life in this world was to the extent that it was required. 15 kilos of, ca- of uh, permissible baggage on the plane. That's all, right? I mean, 15 kilos is not all I own. I mean, I own more than 15 kilos. But if I'm flying somewhere, and nowadays they've reduced the luggage uh, requirement from, I mean, luggage, free luggage from 20 kilos to 15 kilos. I mean, even though, Alhamdulillah, I can afford to take excess baggage and pay for it. But do you think, will you do that? Will I do that? I mean, all of us can afford to pay for it. But do, do, do we do that? Not unless there is an absolute emergency. Other than that, we say, no, no, we stay with, stay with the 15 kilograms. Stay with, stay with the 20 kilos. So, the life of the Sahaba was like this. Their life for in this dunya was 15 kilos. This is my requirement. It is not my desire, it's not, you know, I don't know, I, this is what I need to be able to lead a life which is, alhamdulillah, decent, which is dignified, which is complete. I have enough food to eat today, I'm not going to worry about the next 20 years. I've got enough clothes to wear. But the life of the world, of the hereafter, invest, 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 because this one, is going to end. Two things we know about this life. Two completely certain things we know about this life. One, that it will end. And two, that we don't know when it will end. 
<laughs> These are the two completely true things. There is no doubt in anybody's mind in this. This life will end. And number two is, I don't know when that day will come. I don't know when it will end. So when, we, when this is our reality, that I am living a life which will end, and I don't even know when it will end, then what sense does it make to spend more and more and more on this life, knowing fully well that this, no matter what you spend on it, is going to be left behind. There is no doubt about it. No matter what we spend on it, it will be left behind. Two or three days ago, I was sitting here, just before, uh, I think, I, whatever salah it was, by Maghrib or, not Maghrib, Asar or something. And I thought to myself that this building here, this room of the Masjid, I said, supposing this was my personal room, and if the walls were made of gold, and if these carpets were of the finest silk that you can imagine, right? And if this air conditioning, which is a perfectly good air conditioner and so on and so forth, it makes a little bit of a hum or something, which is, supposing this air conditioning became invisible, right? I can't hear any sound. There's no dabba here, nothing. What would change? The wall would still be a wall, even if it is made of gold. <laughs> the carpet, I will not put it on my head. I'll still be sitting on it. I'll still be walking on it. And the air conditioning will still do what? It will keep the room cool. Whether it's visible, not visible or what not. So what will change? Nothing will change. Nothing will change. Except that since now I would have spent maybe a billion dollars to make all the walls of gold and so on and so forth, it will be that much more difficult for me to leave this billion dollars and go somewhere. That is the reality of this dunya. We have to leave it. And we don't know when we leave it. And when we leave it, whatever we have in it will remain here. It won't go. So, we need to therefore think about this ghaib and say, what is my attitude towards this ghaib? That place which is absolutely certain that I am going to go there. And the number two thing is, that place where I am going to stay forever. This life will end. We don't know when it will end. That life, we know it will happen. And we don't know, and, and we know how long. How long? Forever. Don't want to take this longer, but just these two thoughts I want to leave with you and myself to say, let us think about this and say, therefore, given that we have a life which will end and which we don't know when it will end, and given that we have a life which will, which will begin and that has no ending, what is the proportion of my time and energy and resources that I am spending on this one and which I will spend on that one? Or I should spend on that one. Right. Let us think about that. Inshallah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to that which is pleasing to him and save us from that which does not please him.